2: for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right.
0: This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio.
3: Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that pours a fresh cup of history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Lousier, and in this episode, we're looking at the story of the legendary Automat, a mechanized approach to food service that made eating out both more whimsical and more democratic. The day was June 9th, 1902. America's first coin-operated cafeteria opened in Philadelphia. Known as the Automat, short for Automatic, it was a completely waiterless restaurant where customers helped themselves by selecting fresh-made meals from a wall of coin-operated compartments. Instead of placing an order, customers would simply drop a nickel or two into a slot, turn a knob, and open the little hinged window to retrieve the item of their choice. This new, modern approach to dining attracted a broad range of customers, thanks to its speed, consistency, and relative low cost. Diners also appreciated being able to see the food before they bought it, a clear advantage over ordering off a menu. The concept proved so popular that over the next several decades, owners Joe Horn and Frank Hardart went on to establish a whole chain of automats, nearly 150 total. But the one that started it all opened on this day in 1902, at 818 Chestnut Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Horn and Hardart became business partners in 1888 when they opened a quick-service lunch counter in downtown Philadelphia. It was the perfect spot for white-collar workers with short lunch breaks, and over the next few years, Horn and Hardart opened several more just like it. The duo's biggest claim to fame was their fresh-drip coffee. A rarity in the dark times when boiled coffee was the standard. Things were going well for Horn and Hardart, but by the turn of the 20th century, they were looking for ways to further streamline their quick-lunch concept. Other industries of the era had greatly improved their speed and efficiency through the use of conveyor belts and other forms of automation. Horn and Hardart wondered if similar methods could be applied to food service, and their search for an answer ultimately led them to a company in Berlin called Quisisana. In 1895, Quisisana had opened the world's first automat on the grounds of the Berlin Zoological Garden in Germany. The original menu was limited to cold sandwiches, glasses of wine and coffee, but the American entrepreneurs were convinced the technology could be used to sell much more than that. They met with a sales representative for Quisisana and in 1901 Hardart took a trip to Germany to test the machines out for himself. Fully sold on the concept, the duo worked out a deal to have some of the machines sent over from Berlin. It took about two years for the equipment to arrive in Philadelphia, but once it did, Horn and Hardart made up for lost time by opening their first automat just a few months later. The exact opening date is somewhat disputed, with most sources saying it was on June 9th and others on June 12th. But something everyone agrees on is that the place was in high demand. Curious customers flocked to the Automat on opening day, with the restaurant taking in just under 8,700 nickels. The Philadelphia Inquirer gave a glowing report on the Automat's opening, writing that Horn and Hardart had solved the city's, quote, rapid transit luncheon problem, making it easier than ever to eat on the go. The Automat's customers were impressed by the food, both the quality and the variety, but it was the speed and low prices that truly won them over. And it's easy to see why, too. The place really was a bargain. Coffee cost just a nickel, and a slice of pie cost only two. More substantial items, like a turkey and gravy entree, would set you back five nickels, so you could easily eat a full three-course meal for 50 cents or less. There were plenty of options to choose from, too, including comfort food favorites like macaroni and cheese, chicken pot pie, and Salisbury steak with mashed potatoes. The Automat was open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, with some dishes being swapped out depending on the time of day. Dessert, however, was always on offer, with some of the most popular choices being ice cream, rice pudding, and an array of freshly baked pies. Everything from coconut cream and lemon meringue to huckleberry, and pumpkin. The climate-controlled compartments made sure every dish stayed just the right temperature, and new batches of freshly brewed coffee were brought out every 20 minutes, like clockwork. Oh, and if you're wondering how the coffee was dispensed, that's maybe the best part. Instead of retrieving a full cup from behind a little glass door, customers would drop a nickel in a slot in the wall, turn a crank, and watch with delight, as piping hot coffee flowed out of Italian-crafted spouts, shaped just like the head of a dolphin. The presentation was top-notch, but the coffee was no slouch either. It was the same drip-brewed variety that Horn and Hardart had popularized at their lunch counters. And it was such an improvement over the harsh-boiled coffee you'd find in other restaurants that it quickly became the Automat's number one seller. In fact, in the company's heyday, It sold more than 90 million cups of coffee every year. Who knew dolphins were such hard workers? Horn and Hardart customers felt like they were in an automated wonderland, where just about anything they could want to eat or drink was just a few nickels and a knob turn away. However, even though the restaurants appeared fully automated, behind the scenes there was a constant flurry of human activity. On the other side of the glass wall of compartments, A bustling staff continuously refilled the slots after each purchase. And of course, the food itself was also prepared by human hands. At first, the cooks worked in a prep kitchen housed on site, either in the back or in a basement. But as the operation grew larger and more locations were added, food preparation was moved to a central commissary in Midtown. Another human fixture of the automat were the cashiers, affectionately known as nickel throwers. They worked from booths in the middle of the restaurant, exchanging paper bills and larger coins for those ever-important nickels. The automat concept was such a hit that Horn and Hardart opened a second Philadelphia location in 1905, then a third in 1907, and a fourth in 1912. That same year, they also branched out to New York City, opening an automat in the heart of Times Square. It was a major turning point for their business as the Automat's faster dining experience seemed tailor-made for the city's growing class of busy urban workers. The Times Square Automat quickly became a lunchtime institution, drawing in so many customers that soon a second New York location was needed, and then another, and another. Within 10 years, Horn and Hardart had expanded to 40 locations in the Big Apple alone, including a flagship store, capable of feeding 10,000 customers a day. During that time, the partners also invested in new and improved equipment based on custom designs, as well as assembly-line kitchens that used standardized recipes, ensuring uniformity from one automat to the next. As you might imagine based on all that expansion, the automat's appeal wasn't restricted to workers on lunch breaks. The restaurants were one of just a few chains in the early 20th century where unescorted women were allowed to dine on their own. Horn and hard art automats, or H&Hs as they were sometimes called, were also great places to take children. Picky kids appreciated the visibility of the different foods available, and of course, working the machines was a treat in itself. Did I mention the drink dispensers were shaped like dolphins? Despite the low prices, automats weren't just for people on a budget either. The novelty alone was enough to lure in upper-class customers, but they stuck around for the markedly highbrow atmosphere. In addition to the animal-themed drink spouts, most automats featured dining spaces with elaborate Art Deco details, high ceilings, chrome paneling, stained glass windows, and wrought brass lighting fixtures. Automats were affordable, but there was nothing bare-bones about them. And as a result, they attracted an incredibly diverse crowd, from factory workers and secretaries to politicians and movie stars. Gregory Peck said the scrambled eggs at the Automat were the best he ever tasted, and Irving Berlin was such a fan that he eventually wrote the Automat's unofficial theme song, a little ditty called Let's Have Another Cup of Coffee. In 1924, a columnist for a New York newspaper described the restaurant this way, The Automat, is almost as much of an institution along Broadway as Times Square. No review or variety show is complete without its quip about the famous nickel-in-the-slot eating place. It swirls with the froth of Broadway life, the peripatetic ads of the one-flight tailors, the rah-rah boys, the chorus girls, scrapping newsboys, leading men, visiting schoolteachers, gamblers, ladies of the evening, and hard-boiled gents. It is one of the melting pots of Broadway, where all casts rub elbows. The Automat's novelty and low prices were obvious selling points, but that was the thing that really made it a special place, the equalizing effect it had on everyone who went there. During the Great Depression, the Automat was a lifeline for people in dire straits. For many, it was the only meal they could afford, and for those who didn't even have a nickel, it was still a warm place to get off your feet without fear of being hurried out by the waitstaff or a manager. There were free glasses of water at the Automat, and free ketchup too. And in the darkest days of the Depression, some customers would mix the two together and drink what they called a Depression cocktail. But you know what? They drank it while sitting in marble-topped tables two seats over from the city commissioner or a Broadway actress. The Automat, Offered a truly democratic dining experience, and the day to day lives of millions of people were better for it. Against the odds, the restaurant with the most impersonal business model somehow became one of the most welcoming places in the city, a point of intersection for people from all walks of life. By the early 1950s, there were more than 150 Horn and Hard Art automats spread across Philadelphia, New York City, and Baltimore that made it the largest chain restaurant not just in the country but the whole world unfortunately nothing lasts forever and after hitting that high peak the automat began its slow decline the first major sign of trouble came in 1950 when h and h finally raised the prices of its famous coffee from 1 nickel to 2 many longtime customers felt it was a betrayal and started going elsewhere especially after the prices of all the other items also began to rise. Without economy on its side, the Automat lost a large part of its charm. Meanwhile, other innovations in food service were making the Automat seem more antiquated by the day. For example, fast food restaurants started adding drive through windows to cater to America's growing car culture, a convenience that the city-bound Automat just couldn't match. Profits continued to slip throughout the 1960s as consumer tastes changed and the price of ingredients rose higher and higher. Eventually, the company had to make some tough choices, including the decision to close its original store on Chestnut Street. On December 28, 1968, America's first automat closed its doors after 66 years of serving the public. By that time, the automat machines at that location had been shut down for over a year, serving as little more than decoration for an otherwise normal cafe. Six months later, the restaurant's historic interior, including much of the machinery, was donated to the National Museum of American History. It's not currently on view to the public, but it's still nice to know it's there. The Horn and Hardart Company muddled on through the 1970s, with more automats closing every year. In 1981, they filed for bankruptcy, and many of the restaurant buildings were converted into McDonald's, Burger King, and a host of other fast food franchises. A handful of automats remained open alongside H&H's bakery cafes, but by then, it was only a matter of time. In 1990, Philadelphia's last automat shut its doors, marking the end of the company's almost 90-year run in the city. Then, just one year later, the last H&H Automat in New York City and the country served its last cup of coffee. Since that final closure in 1991, multiple attempts have been made to resurrect Automat-style dining in the United States, but so far, none of them have worked. Over in Europe, however, the dream of coin-op dining is alive and well, at least in some places. The Netherlands, for instance, is home to a Dutch chain of walk-up fast food restaurants that still use the Automat system. It's called Fabo, and there are currently about 60 shops nationwide, with more than 20 in Amsterdam alone. There are no vaulted ceilings, marble tabletops, or dolphin coffee spouts, but as a late-night gathering place for locals and tourists alike, Fabo is a bit of a melting pot, just like the original Automat. And as long as people somewhere are still buying cheap, delicious food from little glass boxes, the spirit of the H and H Automat lives on. I'm Gabe Lucier, and hopefully you now know a little more, or a lot more, about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you'll find us at TDIHC Show. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can get in touch directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class.